this uh, talk is, what did I say? Before you vote. Before you vote. So let people Google that. And what I'm saying is before you decide anything, before you come to a conclusion about something, in your life, uh, whatever it may be, before you take uh, what you call evidence to do this or evidence to do that, look at that evidence really closely. See if you can see deeper into it. See if you can see behind it. See if you can see around it. See if you can see any strings going out this way and that way. Look at the evidence, as you've heard me say, <clears throat> I think 18 times now, my count is correct. All evidence is partial. You can't find complete evidence for anything. If you can, then I was wrong. So the idea is uh, to, I'm always trying to find ways to encourage people to to train their mind, simply put, to sit down and prioritize the awareness over everything else. Uh, difficult to do that because it's hard to separate, at least, at least initially, before we understand what begin to understand what meditation is about. It's we, we think of the, medit the, th the thought patterns and the awareness as being kind of one situation. We think about this, we think about that, and the air. It's like the, the awareness is at the at the mercy of the thinking process. We're thinking this, we're thinking that, we don't like this, we like this, we shouldn't do that, they should, they shouldn't. It's a constant, Trump uh, uh, Rinpoche called it subconscious gossip. It's going on all the time, just a, just a racket in the background, especially when you sit down to meditate, hold very still, uh, especially when we first start the first few weeks, few months, few years even, there might be just a lot of, um, a lot of noise going on, shoulds and shouldn'ts and ought to be and this and that. So before you cast your vote, and you could think of this about the whole political thing. I think that's why it came up. But it's more about before you before you take your your opinions, ideas that are based on relative truth and on things that are changing constantly, before you take that out into the world and, and use that to convince others or have discussions about who's right, who's wrong. Have you noticed the more you sit, the less you have to say at Starbucks? The more you just kind of look at people and you watch their... And you're here. It's like, it makes me think of, what was it, Peanuts? Where the parents were always going... That, do I have that sound right? You could do that. What's that sound? They use the trumpet with a, a mute animal. Oh, that's what they do. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> so the encouragement is to, uh, regardless of how you're feeling, positive, negative, neutral, all the nuance around the, all of those things that's fluctuating all the time just by being a living being. This is what the Buddha talked about when he said, life is suffering, uh, not part-time. It's always some kind of discontent or misalignment or something about it, and it has, has something to do with the, with our true nature, our Buddha nature, being in this uh, limited situation of being a human being, and uh, uh, creates uh, creates incredible uh, creativity, uh, amazing insight and understanding and compassion, love, and warfare, and all the other pluses and minuses that are all over the place, showing up what, right in our families right in our neighborhoods and so on. That's uh, the talk I gave a while back was based on something Gary posted on uh, the, your triple post that happens every morning. Uh, the little parking sign like things were stacked up. So I gave a talk based on, if you want 
peace in the world, or peace in the world. Uh, if you want peace in the world, uh, first you need to have peace uh, in the in the nations, and peace in the nations need peace in the cities, and on down right to uh, uh, peace in the home. You need to have peace in the heart, and then I added on: if you want peace in the heart, you've got to train the mind, because the mind is where the wars start. Any war that you see anywhere, or the biggest huge war started in somebody's mind somewhere about being upset about something else that they thought was uh, a problem. And then depending on the causes and conditions that that particular person has with uh, his, her, their neighbor, uh, family, uh, all of the, it's such a complicated thing that it completely blows away any kind of praise or blame because it's just too complicated. You can't really blame anyone. It's like we're talking about with bullies, you know, someone is being a bully. Uh, they're, it's not just that they're just not just that situation, although when we're being bullied by them, it's like, <laughs> come on, you know, I need to get out of here. Or I need to, or maybe should I bully them back or, you know, what should I do? It's, so it puts us in a, because it's such a solid, relative, believable situation. And this is why one reason that I say, don't believe anything, don't disbelieve anything and don't ignore anything. If you can somehow, through your mind training, through sitting down, holding still, looking at the mind, and watching the craziness of your own mind, the way you grasp at this, belief, reject at that, disbelief, or shut down, or dis, uh, distract yourself from something that could probably use your help, <laughs> meaning a relative situation could probably use your help, probably by, you see it so clearly that you realize how much you can meddle with it and how much you need to stay away from it or back off. Well, what do you think about that? So if you sit down, hold still, look at the wall, you will begin to see the, the very thing. You'll see kind of an image of what we see in the world when we talk to our neighbors, talk to talk to uh, our uh, what, politicians or everyone, even the, the people who are extremely, when we listen to them, we think, oh, they make so much sense and they have so much insight uh, into what's happening in the world. And then other people uh, seem to be such crazy lunatics. And yet there's a whole population that are magnetized by they like to see somebody really at the top that's completely out of their mind because they know they're out of their mind and so this must somehow validate being out of your mind must be okay because here's someone who is very powerful has made a lot of money and is extremely handsome <laughs> I mean thinks they're extremely handsome it's not funny how that's happening in different places and Brazil, the person that may get elected down there is another difficult person. My lips are coming apart. So by by looking at the, the warfare, the difficulty, looking at the distress that's happening with your own mind and not doing anything, not joining it, not rejecting it, and not turning away, but just looking at it, this is the, this is the path. This is the path to see. This is what uh, uh, chicken tacos, I mean chicken tacos. <laughs> Chicken does it. Just precisely this. So all it's really saying is, sit down, hold still, do nothing. And I would say, except observe. If you want something to do, then that's what's whatever's happening. Just watch it come and watch it go. Watch it turn over. Watch it go this way and that way. Don't add anything to it. No comment. Don't take anything away from it. No criticism. And don't turn away from it. Uh, think about something else. Distract yourself into something else ignore and look away it seems at times there's thoughts that come up like 
I'm bored when I'm meditating or I don't want to meditate that I feel like I have to ignore to, it's almost like they're none of my business. Like if I just ignore them, then I can stay meditating. Mm -hmm. Is that ignoring them or is... No. No, you're just seeing what they are. And it, yes, you're going to have to do a little bit, but by, by you, listening to what I'm saying, you you won't make a big project out of it where you've totally left the room and you're in, in you know, in a Piper Cub fly, flying over Southern California. I mean, you'll actually be, still be there, but you'll be... You'll be seeing that if you go that direction, eventually you're going to get up and uh, go out and play soccer or something. You know, you're going to go do something else and you, you won't meditate. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that. It's not exactly ignoring if you know you're just not buying that. It's not exactly that. It's, it has a, um, there's a lot of nuance there. Like it isn't exactly going to war or, or, or hurting someone to have thoughts about somebody that's, that are negative. We're not, we need to be really careful of that, not to be too hard on yourself about uh, <clears throat> about being critical of yourself because negativity is coming out of your karma, coming out of your own, this whole dynamic we call a human being. So it's always about awareness. It's never about success and failure. It's never about, it's not even about enlightenment. It's about uh, awareness. It's about, if you're fully aware, then at some point or points, or maybe it's not even a point, you will. If I had died right then, you wouldn't know what I was going to say. <laughs> what happened? Is that humor? Sorry. Is that still humor? We're, we're laughing. So. <laughs> Death jokes. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> what happens to awareness when there are no senses? You mean like when you're passed away? Sure. Yeah. What do you think? I think that's the big question. <laughs> I think it's very complicated. I mean, I can make I can make some kind of speculation based on thinking about it. And, you know, I can speculate, but it, it might be better to just continue to look at that uh, look at that that question rather than rush to judgment about it or it should be or shouldn't be. There's something else. I yeah, see that grin on your face. In the inner, I'll talk to you about it in my interview. Your interview, okay. One of those kind of interviews. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, does mean. Um. Could you say something about consciousness and awareness? Okay, so I use, uh, there's, who knows exactly, if you read the dictionary, you're going to find there's, they're very close, they're similar, they're sometimes interchangeable. The way I use it is conscious awareness is, at least in the practice area, something you're actually directing. You're, you're, you're just going to be aware of what moves. So that's the awareness part. The consciousness, the way I talk about consciousness is consciousness is... Uh, there isn't anywhere that there isn't consciousness. Uh, for instance, uh, the example I sometimes use is like your digestive tract. That has a kind of consciousness that knows what, how much acid, or apparently it's confused in my stomach, but um, how, how to digest food, how to do all of the, look at think of all the things that just in the human form does, or any form. If you look at a mosquito, you think there's something in there that's very similar to any living being, but it's just kind of microscopic little tiny situation that makes all that somehow work together. So there's a kind of consciousness that seems to be uh, communicating in, in areas that you know we really can't understand or hear. And quite often we're just we're closing off from it because we're isolating into me, me, me and my stuff, me and my feelings, me and what I want, me and my territory, me and what I own, me and what I'm able to do. You know, I can become a great poet like Lita. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so consciousness is like 
the way it's talked about in the Yogacara tradition is uh, everything is consciousness only. And that's meant to be uh, used so that you can see that the object you're seeing and the subjectivity that is seeing or witnessing that are not two different things. Uh, they're, they're separated, but they're fundamentally not different. And that's, a, that's actually a realization that, that is available to anyone who wants to look at this. It's not like some, um, something that's tucked away. It's, and it's even called an open secret because it's completely obvious. It's an open secret. It's secret in the sense that people are so busy looking something up for, for happiness somewhere else in something, getting something, you know, everything from chemicals to uh, <clears throat> power to, you know, all the things that we can name called the eight worldly dharmas, pursuing happiness, pursuing everything, pursuing power, control, when actually what you're, as you've heard me say before, uh, other teachers have said this, what you're looking for, what you, what you actually want, you're looking at. It's your, your heart's desire is always in front of you. So... If our perception is our reality, if our perception changes, does that mean reality is changing? What do you mean by reality? Um, you ask the question. You use the word. Well, I, I guess it, I don't know. I mean, is, is the reality defined by the perception? What do you mean by perception? I, I guess I, I think I mean the, the world around us as we perceive it based on our senses. Okay, what's your, now what's your question? So... Does that mean that however someone's senses perceive those things, that's the world? So if if your perception and my perception are different or our senses are altered, that would make your world and my world two completely separate things. By perception, yes. But here, here's how, uh, uh, here's how, uh, here's how uh, perception of... Uh, Sentient beings is this kind of perception. They're seeing their ideas about their thoughts, their perceptions, their what they think is true. They're seeing uh, all of the various evaluations and gradations of, uh, of the world that comes through the six sense fields, including the mind. And uh, the mind of uh, the Buddha, or the Buddhas, is, uh, doesn't have that block. So everywhere it looks, it sees itself, simply put. So based on that, what do you think? Well, th thinking of like the example of if someone were experiencing hallucinations and if mm -hmm. they were to ask me, is this in my head or is this real? Yeah. The answer would be yes to, to both. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's both real and it's... Okay. So what's your question? Is, would that be correct? Is it, is it equally both, I guess? Or is what it, do you think? I think yes. Not sure. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> No, for me, subjective, subjectively, it would have a right and wrong is is the misunderstanding that there is such a thing as right and wrong, because that's constantly fluctuating based on subjectivity, on, on grasping at this, rejecting that, on the three poisons: passion, aggression, and ignorance. So, relatively speaking, it would be true for a while. You know, we're, we're um, we really want to know. We don't like not knowing. We don't like that. I'm, I'm going to give a talk some at some point. I'm going to call it. Uh, did I tell anybody this yet? Instead of being in a funk, you're in a funk. Fear of not knowing. Funk. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be a good talk? Yeah. 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 How about FOMO? You could do one on that too. Fear of missing out. FOMO? Fear of missing FOMO. out. FOMO. That's what it is. FOMO. FOMO. Fear of missing out. FOMO. Have you already given them talk? No. <laughs> well, I okay. Have, I have FOMO now. Then. Do you? 
Good. You know what I call that? Projection. I call it awareness. You're aware of that. Yes. Um, <coughs> I think I've almost forgotten what I was going to ask. Well, I'm forgetting what I was going to say back. Okay. Uh, you, <laughs> you talk about things not being different, not separate. Not separate, yes. But, separated, but like not, separated, but not separate. But not separate. But you don't say, okay, so it's not the same, and there, it isn't one and the same. It's separate, but it's still not one and the same. Is that right? Right. <laughs> yes. Chogyam Trumpa says in um, Cutting to Spiritual Materialism yes. that the body is a reflection of mind and the mind reacts to the body. I'm not quite sure how to understand that. I, I, I have a Christian science background, so I start doing the Christian science overlay thought process with that. You know, that my mind, what I create, I create my reality with my thoughts and my body and stuff like that. What's your question? Could you explain that for explain me? Explain what you just said? You explain it. <laughs> Do, I, I, don't, I don't know what you, ask me a direct question. I, so, I'm not, okay. I'm not very, uh, okay. I have a lot so, of, what do they call so Chogyam, what Chogyam Trumpa okay. said, that the mind. Where do you say it at? In a book? It, in Cutting Through okay. Spiritual Materialism. Say what he said. He said, um. The body is a reflection of the mind, okay. and the mind reacts to the body. Would you, would you comment on that, please? I don't want to comment. Okay. I, can't, I can't comment, but I can ask. I can. I can respond. I won't say I can answer, but I can respond to it. If I start commenting on it, then uh, then it just gets to. I'm not much of a commenter. How would you apply that in your? Or how could we apply that with all our bodies? Probably have to ask him. I mean, to, to know what it, what it was he was talking about. And you, you might have to look at what he said before that and after that in the context, mm -hmm. which chapter it was in and what particular thing. I vaguely remember reading that. Though. You, know, you can continue if you, have, if you have a way of asking me a question about that. Well, I remember one time I came to you and asked you why you hadn't healed yourself or something. <laughs> do, do you ever... <laughs> I mean, this is a goofy question, but okay, so I'll just come out with it. Do you ever apply uh, your awareness to actually intentionally heal yourself? Do I do that? <laughs> Probably not. The only thing that would even come close to that would be kind of leaving uh, what uh, Tungpur Rinpoche was referring to and going into other areas, which would have to do with deep consciousness. This is something that Buddhists generally don't go into. They're too busy meditating and trying to get people to do that and practice and so on. But deep consciousness is an area that there, there's there's an area there which uh, can be looked into. So people who are who have uh, a lot of uh, ability in that area, there's a lot of people that have a lot of ability that aren't trained, so therefore they, it kind of confuses them rather than uh, helps them. People who are mediums, there's people in this room that can see ghosts. They don't talk about it because they know you can't see ghosts. And they don't want to stand out as somebody who's seeing things. No, I'm not one of them. Yes. What is deep consciousness? Uh, so this is shallow consciousness. This is a little bit deeper. And this is even more deep. Is that helpful? But you have to start somewhere. And here's where you start. You don't start with the eyes closed. You start with them open. I'm just, just using that as a 
This, this is closing it. This is a little further. And then this is even further yet. If you use those kind of, uh, you know, if, we're, if you're asking me a question about something that I referred to as being deep, then that's the only way I can think of to, to talk about it. That would be helpful without just setting up some kind of some whole kind of philosophy about it or something. Yes. How is it best to engage with with like institutions and systems that are we don't that don't uh, I guess jive with us? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, they're not supportive. They're just about power and money and control, and the, mm-hmm. like a lot of them are. Yeah. Even the ones that purport to be helping people are a lot of times they're just about mm-hmm. making a lot of money, and they help people, but they also make lots of money and keep it. Um, I'd have to come back to, to the, the title of the talk. Is before you go anywhere with some kind of an idea or an opinion about something, about going in a particular direction, even if it's you're, you're, you're basing it on this organization is terrible and they're doing bad things, to go there and, <clears throat> to go there and work with that in the same way that they're working with it. In other words, to go to war with war, to go to bring more ignorance into ignorance is not so helpful, even though you have very, very intelligent, erudite, even people saying you need to march on something or other. You need to hold up signs. Not so good. Not so good. I think, uh, what was it, Ralph Nader, uh, I really liked his approach. Vote. You know, actually go to the person that's your representative. I mean, if you might as well work within the system as it's set up and work in, with it in that area rather than going to a huge corporation. Because they're getting their power from the politicians who get it from the people who get it through voting. But then you've got to deal with voter registration. It just it gets so complicated because there's so much. So I would say, rather than do anything with that, is I would say train your mind. Before you, before you go out, I'm not saying you should vote, of course, you should vote. It's a good idea. Just do the best you can with what, what, is, uh, what you can see. But I wouldn't make a big project of it unless there's a lot of mind training going on. It's so much big, bigger picture than what we're seeing. Like, I'm, I'm older than anybody here, but what I've seen compared to everything that's happened just in historical times is like tiny little 77 years. It's, just, it's hardly anything. And then there's just one person experiencing that. So it's just huge, gigantic. Like, what was it we were, we were reading about? What was all the, the, how many emperors there were in China? How many? Didn't I talk about that at, at a talk? Some, that was, 500. Yes, yeah, around 500 emperors in the, in the whole uh, the Chinese uh, uh, history. And half of them, <laughs> the person was commenting on, half of them were terrible, mean horrible people and the other half somewhere half and half were pretty nice educated uh, uh, kind benevolent uh, people uh, emperors who wanted to help their people and then other ones were totally crazy so it's like if you look at the big picture of that it goes this way and it goes that way what do you do about that train your mind you have this lifetime it's your lifetime as far as you have anything you have this we don't know does anybody know how they got here into a human form you know where you were before you came here, so we might have an idea, kind of an idea. There's the whole idea of past lives, maybe true, maybe not. I would say don't believe it, don't disbelieve it, don't look away from it, as I would say about anything. Yes? You said 
Your heart's desire is right in front of you. Yes. What is your heart's desire? Mine? No, in general. Oh. Ours. <laughs> what is our heart's desire? To be happy. Is anyone here that... Yeah, I don't, I don't really care for that. <laughs> <laughs> Happiness, who needs that? You know, I just want control. <laughs> so, what yeah, is... be happy. So, in order to be happy, you may have to look at what's in front of you and see which, if you're looking at the wall, training your mind, you sit down so you can see what it is that you keep projecting on everything. You keep inventing things based on causes and conditions that are from beginningless time that show up as this person, this human being with a name. And with the, this is one of the reasons we uh, do uh, precepts and change the name so that you can ha have a little bit of a help to start to adjust your whole identity structure. Not that you have to, it's just another way of working with it. Just like you don't have to be a monk. But, but I do think it's a good idea if you train your mind so that you can see what you're actually looking at because people, you don't, if you're not, if you're looking at your preconception of something, then you're not really looking at what is fundamentally true. You're looking at your ideas about what is in front of you. Yes. What is that, what is at odds with your heart's desire? The grasping, rejecting, passion, aggression, ignorance, and all of the confusion that comes down to us from beginning of time. And all of that is, goes this way and it goes that way and goes this way. Just read any kind of history of anything. It's just <coughs> you know, rise and fall of the Roman Empire. <laughs> Don't read that. <laughs> it's long. It'd be better to meditate instead of doing Does that make some sense to you a little bit? Yes. What, what knows what will make us happy? What knows our heart's desire? Me. <laughs> so you know it's it's like it's not something it's it's not some kind of something. I mean but everyone who's in this room came to came to this room you didn't really read an advertisement you didn't read something where somebody promised you anything you you connected with this through another person and through a something and uh, just and you, your own kind of intuition, I would say, your Buddha nature, your, your already enlightened nature understands what you need to do. And so sometimes it takes a while. We have to go through this labyrinth, and sometimes that labyrinth is just as our parents. Your parents are teaching you something totally the opposite, and when you're eight years old, you know there's something wrong with this. You know there's something fishy about this, but you're only eight years old, so you don't know, don't know what to do about it. And then you, eventually you might run into the person that would maybe uh, that you can actually talk to might be your, one of your friends so it's a it's a long kind of labyrinth like to, to find out what what you really want to do with your life and, and so on and sometimes we maybe find a career and then we do that and then, then we realize there's still something is off or unfulfilled so we look around and hear about meditation it might be about yoga or something to do with the body mind connection and we have some part of our intuition, and I'm just telling you something you already know. You know. And then we hear about that, and then if you're listening to me, because I had two teachers I could not would not be doing here, I wouldn't even be here going work for my teachers, there's no way I could do this, just kind of dream this up. And then I, because of my situation, I encourage people to have a teacher. It have, doesn't have to be me, but find somebody that you really uh, can give the benefit of the doubt to and can help you, somebody who's maybe been around longer than you have. More? Is that helpful? It, it just it, it appears as 
what's in front of me doesn't lead to happiness at times, but it does. It does. It, it always does. It would have to. It have, if it's true, if it's true, what 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 uh, the Buddhist teachings are saying, everything is dependently arisen. There's no there are no separate things anymore. It just looks separate. It looks separate. If you realize this, you realize that you're you're not any you're nobody. The, the emotions are coming and going. They aren't happening to a person anymore. They're just coming and going like all the rest of the phenomena. You just happen to be center stage, though you're you know, you're dealing with your own uh, six sense fields and your own uh, uh, physical, spiritual, psychological matrix is at the mercy of causes and conditions that are dependently arisen that have been coming from beginningless time and are showing up here in this life form. Am I a blessed? Are we blessed to have cause and effect lead us to a wall or a dark room or course. a time to be with? Yeah. Dharma gate. I call them uh, Zen tradition. They call them uh, Dharma gates. Chazan's had all kinds of Dharma gates that got him to work what he's doing here or the teaching that he was doing. Those have to do with Dharma gates, rather than turn away and run away or. Uh, sometimes, uh, as we were talking earlier, rather than just medicate the problem, which is what they do in, mostly in the West, they, they try to heal it, but if they can't, then they stop the symptoms. It's, it's ridiculous to do that. That would be like meditating so you'd feel better. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Meditate so you can see what's true. Because if you're meditating just to feel better, then you'll, you'll, you'll go towards a technique that's going to... Uh, soften your symptoms or whatever and not that you shouldn't do a little bit sometimes if somebody really insists you know just better if i have my eyes closed when i meditate i just feel better i said well i tried to negotiate with them if they're a student of mine i'll say well close your eyes for the first 20 minutes and then for the next 40 minutes have them open people will usually agree with that i don't think i gave you that option (laughs) open your eyes So, and it's not, it's not that uh, mindfulness practice that's actually helping people calm down and, and soften up their situation. Not that that doesn't have a use. Of course it does. I don't mean to be smarty pants about it. Yes. Coming back to the question. So, it appears that the when the body dies, that the senses die. And But yeah, one of the things we're learning with our awareness is to stay in the senses, keep our eyes open make sure we're really, you know, when we're struggling, that we're staying in those senses, and yet we don't end up having them when we're, when our, when our awareness is freed. How do we work with that? You still have, when you have a dream, you hear things in dreams. Uh, you can remember a thing. If I tell you, um, uh, i show you. Now listen, everybody listening. Hear that? Now remember it. You're remembering it? Can you hear it? What's hearing that? What hear is there an ear that hears that? You hear that? Maybe I'm not even addressing what you're asking about, but the way I understood it, it's the nature of hearing, the nature of seeing, the nature of everything is it's universal. Um, the, if you have a it's just like uh, if you're dreaming about a, someone, something chasing you, you know, and you're afraid, you're running. That fear is, it's fear, but you're, and there's, but there's nothing there. It's a dream. Until you realize it's empty of the concept. It's empty of everything. It's empty of the fear. It's empty of someone who's afraid. I like that look on your face. 
Yes. Recently, you've talked about um, using the metaphor, maybe, of consciousness downloaded into something or into you. What is it that's downloaded? <clears throat> well, I'm using that as a metaphor because it kind of looks like something like that. I think it's just, uh, you know, there's no, the phenomenology on that or the, the, the study of that scientifically is not really happening at this point. The only way it even shows up is because people, some people have the ability to see more deeply than others. Some people are, see so clearly there that they, they don't even practice meditation. I mean, they, they, don't, they don't have any problem with it because they already see that nothing is separate. And then there's others that might see that, that might start going to war with everything in that area. So as far as some kind of phenomena that's being downloaded, that would be more in the line of the Western idea of a soul. And that's not, that doesn't really hold. It may, it may not be any uh, solid uh, being. It, it, it's, it doesn't really need to be a solid uh, like this happening. What is it, what is it in a, someone know computers? Well, what's actually being downloaded in a computer? You're, you're a computer guy. Yeah. Tell us. That? Tell us what it is. I don't know. Just say it's an open secret. <laughs> <laughs> what am I telling you? But, but we don't... We charges. Okay, charges. So electricity. Mm -hmm. So some kind of a, a more rarefied aspect of the physical world. Electricity. Well, that's a, something you weren't sure what that was, even though... Thousands of years ago, they could see lightning bolts, but they weren't sure how to do that until most of Benjamin Franklin came along with a kite. Is that the story? <laughs> yes. You said, I think, that this is um, consciousness, this is deeper, and this is deeper. Yes. With your eyes closed. So why, would it, why don't we spend some time training our minds or consciousness with our eyes closed? You do. We haven't gotten to that yet. <laughs> it's just a it's just a metaphor for just saying, okay, this, then you're this, then you're this, and it's just a. It's if if I wanted to go into some kind of training, we could talk about uh, the tantric practices or the the dream practices. Have the six yogas of Naropa have all kinds of as Chaitan was saying. It's just a labyrinth that they had nothing better to do in those mountains in the, in the 10th century to take their minds out and play with them. You know, it's just like, do this? I don't know. Here, have some Sampa. That's beer. Or uh, Tibetan beer. Isn't it? No. Is it Chang? That's what it's called. It, it doesn't matter. Strike Soma. that. Huh? Soma. Soma? Soma. Soma. Is that what they drank? I thought Soma meant body. Like somatic. Uh, I don't, I don't want to have a Yes. Shane from Texas has a question. Okay. He asks, can ego make friends with your already enlightened nature? Well, I think what happens, uh, you know, if you want to use that as a metaphor, I would say yes, but what happens is the structure of ego starts to come apart. Uh, this is what Bikobin is saying when, when he translates the Heart Sutra, gone, gone, uh, gone beyond, gone completely beyond, awake, so be it. He translates it as falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do. So it's just not that you don't have things to do. It's just that your whole identity structure just collapses and falls apart. And so there, since you're no longer operating out of some kind of a distant agenda of accomplishing something, then there's anything to do. That doesn't mean you're not going to make some tea or something or take a shower. 
Of course you are. But it's all going to be very, very, you're going to actually start to dance with the very truth that the Buddha said when he uh, attained awakening. Everything is dependently arisen. Taking a shower, going, you're, you're, you're still a physical form. It's still just no longer a separate being. So therefore you may, you may function, you still walk around, you still wear clothes, you still say good morning to people, you're still polite, but you no longer believe your thoughts. If you believe your thoughts, you're not only you're going to get in trouble, but you're going you're to draw other people in, depending on the amount of power you have in your family, your society, your world, you're going to draw other people into that uh, whirlwind. Yes? What's the difference between no longer believing your thoughts and ignoring? The ignoring uh, would come from actually turning away from what is happening in the, in the mind stream. And not believing it, it means you see exactly what it is you don't believe. And you're also, when I say don't believe, you don't actually disbelieve it. You don't believe it, you don't. So it's a, it's a conundrum in a way, unless you're talking about consciousness. If we're talking about physical, you know, then we get caught up in, in the, the polarity of things that have to do with existence, non-existence. What we're talking about is not non-existence. We're talking about emptiness, shunyata. Is a fancy word for it, and this has been. Go back and you want to hear uh, or want to read uh, someone who really understood Shunyata. Read Dogen. He wrote two huge volumes in his fifty, what's that, fifty-three years. Dogen Zenji, the founder of this particular lineage of Zen. Uh, name it. Then they went and made a mess of it for centuries before uh, his teachings. So they really did. It was just a what do they call that when they make a mess of things? Stupidity. Yeah. You know, they try to make it into, you know, what happens quite often to religions that have some kind of inspiration happen, then they get shut down by the bureaucrats, and people have to obey and have to follow rules, and uh, so sad, but that's what happens. So empty, things are not empty in, by being absent, they're empty of what we impute to them. So they're, they're just dependently risen, uh, a lampshade and a, a basket of... Uh, uh, angleworms, not separate, and two different things, but really not separate. I know they're not very good. I'm not very creative. It's okay. I saw oranges anyway. I knew you were a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead. How do we challenge the, the binaries in our language? Just watch them. Don't don't necessarily buy into it, and don't reject it based on a position. I'm not. I'm not I'm not no more binaries for me. <laughs> None of those. So, yeah. So don't do anything with them. So don't believe it. This is a very interesting area that seems to be somewhat missed. Don't believe. Anytime you use the word believe, just notice what you're intending by that. Or when someone else uses it, don't criticize them. But listen when somebody says, well, I, well what do you believe? When somebody says, well, you're a Buddhist. What do Buddhists believe? And I say, well, not much. A few things you kind of believe, but not very many things. There's not, it's not a belief system. It is a system of, uh, it's a spiritual path. It's, uh, the fancy word is soteriological, which means means something that you can do that will help you see the truth of your voice. It's a religious path, but it's not a, it's not a belief path. More. So, uh, believing something, disbelieving something, ignoring it. Those are the three that, that, but if you don't do any of them, then you're just here. And if you're just here, which is what's happened when you sit down and face the wall and you train your mind, uh, you, you begin to see the way you keep confusing yourself. You keep buying into things. You have emotions that come up and you think they should be put down. You have emotions that you know, disbelief. You have emotions that come up and you think they should be explained. Why, 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 why am I feeling this? Big mistake. 
when I say big mistake. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying if you're trying to be sane, if you're trying to see what is really fundamentally true, then coming up with daydream, you know, to, to coming up with uh, speculations about your emotions is just a circular. Because, you know, you know, it's just ridiculous to do that. It's just circular. So what you would do is is just look at it. Just look at it. Just look at the thought that arises. See if you can see the front of the thought, the back of the thought, and the middle of the thought. See if you can look at it from this side or that side. You'll notice that the nature of thoughts is, uh, uh, we don't know what they are. We, we don't actually know what they are, although science wants to reduce it down to, what, synapses and electrical charges. And it's, if, you, if you've done any... Uh, uh, lucid dreaming, astral projection, or just had a lot of dreams, you kind of uh, realize that there's a lot more happening there that, that science can't even find. So therefore, it just it tries to push it off. Since it can't explain it, it just says it doesn't exist. Anyone else? Koza? I don't know how to ask the question about happiness. And yeah. you, you talked about the emperors. They were good and difficult ones. Yeah. But it seems like this situation is more dire. We have Amazon knocking on our door. The click away, we have what we want materially. Buy material things and even mind substance. Yes. And it's difficult to see beyond what's going on when people's houses are flooded out from global warming and we're buying more shit. I'm, fo I'm following you. What, what's your question? What's the diff how, how can we recognize, what is the difference between happiness? Is that your question? You said everybody wants to be happy. It seems that way. There might be a few people who like sadness. What's, what's happiness in a... It's unconditional. I'm not talking about conditional. Conditional happiness is, you know, is getting stuff or materialistic, getting some kind of satisfaction. And there's we have all these nerve endings. As you know, I'm always, I'm often saying you take a, um, you know, this, the, if I run that around, that feels kind of pleasant. But if I start to hit my hand, it's the same nerve ending. But one is... You know, you're, you're sensitive, so then if you obstruct that in some way, it hurts. And if you, you know, if you stroke it like that, then it's, a, it's fairly pleasant. But then that happens in all of the sense fields. You can have a sense of smell, that smell works, but you actually go beyond that. You have to see, when you see that pleasure and pain are not separate, they're not two separate things, then we, that's what's called transcendence. You actually transcend that. No longer at war with anything. No longer agreeing with anything. No longer disagreeing with anything. But go ahead. So it seems like with everything going on, the, um, the baiting, the subliminal attraction to happiness yeah. in mind or thought, um, is there? Is it, is it like, could one be more powerful than your meditation practice without you even noticing it and you're getting sucked in by the whole thing? Or shutting down without even seeing it. It could be some of that going on, but that's why it's just important uh, for everybody here. Insofar as you, you can understand this. I'm not telling you ordering you around. I can't do that. But I'm saying, insofar as you can, try to prioritize. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves, so you can see the way you keep covering up what you need to be looking at. You follow just right in that same kind of trying to get away from something. And there, there are Buddhist teachers even that will train you in a different way. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I just don't do that. So what I want to help people with is to see what, what this is for themselves, not to join my thing or no. has to happen in your heart. Not, not the blood pumping organ, but the, we all know what this is. This is not feeling. 
it's a it's a feeling quality, but it's it even goes beyond the feeling. So I'm not sure if I responded to the question. You know, I, I realize it's it's a crazy time to you know this technology has come over us in the last ten or twenty years. It's just astonishing. All of a sudden, we have all these connections with every with people in never met before are calling from India to try to sell me something that was made in you know, Arkansas. Sorry. Were you in Arkansas recently? Not recently. Oh. Are you accusing me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking. Do you go there often? Pardon? You go there often? Do you go there often? I haven't been there in 20 years, at least. I guess you're off the hook. Yes. Shane has a follow-up question. Shane. Yes. So when the structure of ego collapses, what changes? I think probably just less, uh, just less ruckus going on. There's less, you know, we can see negativity happening, and there might be some r resonating with that, just based on uh, on, um, on uh, moment, the momentum of one's life. But it doesn't last very long. The fixation thing tends to go away. So I might still have feelings about things or feel for things or against things, those can come and go. But there's really, if you look, there's really nobody having that experience. There's really nobody having it now. It's just that you, we impute somebody who's feeling bad or feeling good, yes. So there's really no heart's desire? Mm -hmm. uh, is that a trick question? <laughs> no, I'm asking it. Oh, yes, there is. So there is no heart's desire? To be happy. Your heart's desire is to be happy and have all everyone else be happy. Whose desire is that? Everyone. There really isn't anyone. <laughs> I know. That's the open secret. That's the only way you could be happy. Otherwise, you'd have to have relative happiness, which is going to come and go. This kind of happiness is not relative. You can't, you can't lose it. It can't be taken away from you. Even if you were... I'm not saying you can't be have pain inflicted on you. Of course you can. But that's nerve endings and pain. That's just because of the physical situation that you're in. You could also have uh, mental anguish or pain or fear or something could still be possible, but it wouldn't be there wouldn't be someone there who's afraid. So therefore, it'd be a little bit fishy when there's no one there. When you have when you have uh, uh, some kind of intense feeling, uh, you usually there's some identity of someone who's having that who has to get rid of it. Or it shouldn't be happening, or I need to get more respect. We have a, a story about it that we build up. But if it's just a feeling, then it's just it's just a feeling. There's no there's no there's no thought balloon around it. It's just a feeling. It's just like just weather. It's just a palm tree. It's just a fishnet. It's just a dog biscuit. Shall I keep going? <laughs> I, I actually dream while I'm awake all the time. So that 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 space between whatever that was back there that's been flooding me with stuff my, most of my life is available all the time. Counting space. No, I was just saying it's sort of like consciousness is only matter. Matter is only consciousness. They're not separate. It, it's sort of what the Heart Sutra is saying, isn't it? Mm. Uh, empty Form is emptiness, emptiness is form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be okay. Thank you. More? Jason, mm -hmm. do you have anything? Can't get him to ask you a question. He doesn't want to make a fool of me. <laughs> he does. He wants to go home. That's what's. That's what I'm saying. Got to get home to his, uh, his person. His new almost mama. Consciousness is only mind, not matter. And 
and mind is only consciousness. It's, isn't it? It's Are you telling me or asking me? Asking you. Uh, isn't because... If we use the concepts, then you, you could say it that way. We use the concept, but you don't, you have to not get trapped by the concepts and go, man, I'm glad I got that settled. I don't have to think about that anymore. So, don't, don't settle on anything. Don't land anywhere. You don't need it. You don't need a reference point. You already got a body. Isn't that enough? Brush your teeth. <laughs> Body's not a good reference point. That won't last. It doesn't need to last. No, but I mean, while you're alive, then, you know, you have the body. This is why we sit, why we meditate, why we hold our body in a symmetrical position. So the, the asymmetrical mind, which is going here and there, here and there, here, eventually can, uh, it's like a mountain with clouds going around it, or with birds flying around it. The birds, uh, you know, incomplete metaphor, but vultures, the vultures all land in the mountain eventually. Trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we end our short? I have lunch? Yes. One final question if you have it. Do you have another one? Did she have one? Go ahead. Oh, perception. On a very um, rudimentary level, what's the difference between perception and the identification? The perception, uh, when you, if you perceive something, you don't know what it is uh, from the point of view of uh, some kind of uh, some, a phenomenon. You don't know what it is. Not knowing what it is is fine. There's not, not a problem there. But if you know what it is, this is ignorance. Because you, you, you project knowing onto it. You project it's a name. It has a description. It belongs to Ed. It used to belong to me, but, you know, I gave it to Ed. Now it's his. We have all, all these little, little stories coming off from everything. More? What about an identification that is not even seen? It's like an what? assumption. Like if the if this rings, then there's going to be picking it up and talking on it. So there's some kind of identification of what that is. Mm -hmm. I see no problem with that. But it wouldn't be wouldn't be any different than picking up the phone and throwing it in the pond, or would it? What do you think? Would that be different? Yeah. So you wouldn't have to deal with all the texts. Or you would be missing out. You'd be, yeah, you'd be missing out on Facebook. FOMO. We're going to have another talk this afternoon. Mm -hmm. What will that be about? FOMO. 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 Okay, we'll talk about FOMO. Okay, thank you so much.